for tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. A Comprehensive Look at Tithing, Sermon Notes by Matt Carpenter. My thought today is about tithing. We will take our text from Malachi 3, 8 through 10, which reads, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Approaching this biblical subject of tithing, I want to present scriptures and thoughts to you as a source of enlightenment and help. Condemning and berating those who fail in this area is not the purpose of this lesson. Encouragement, instruction, and warning, if needed, are the goals here. Traditionally, many in the world view tithing as an accepted form of taxation, approaching it with the same general attitude as they do sales tax, property tax, or federal tax. Others feel that tithing is a non-essential matter. Therefore, they never investigate what God has to say on the subject. With such prevailing ideas, many fail to pay tithes. Others contribute as they wish, and others donate to some church-related institution, feeling that they have done their part. Tithing is more than a tradition. It is not a tax. Neither is it to be taken lightly, but should be performed spiritually. Since such attitudes exist, perhaps a few soul-searching questions are in order. Questions such as, what are tithes? Where and to whom should I pay tithes? What should I tithe on? When should I tithe? There could be many other questions, but a thorough study of the scripture on the matter will answer most searching and pertinent questions that we may have. Firstly, what does the word tithe mean? By comparing Genesis 14.20 and Hebrews 7.2-4, one can readily see and conclude that the word tithe simply means one-tenth. Genesis 14.20 states, And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hands. And he gave him tithe of all. And Hebrews 7.2-4, To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Dikatos is the Greek word meaning tenth or tithe. Masra is a Hebrew word meaning tenth or tithe. Tithe, our English word, comes from the Anglo-Saxon word teothe, which means tenth. In studies, I have found a statement by someone amply describing what tithing is. Mathematically, it is a tenth. Scripturally, it is a law. Morally, it is a debt. Economically, 
it is an investment spiritually it is a blessing reflecting upon these five points causes us to recognize the beauty of what tithing really is secondly where did tithing originate tithing as already stated is not a traditional monetary system designed by men to further god's work tithing is a bible plan originating before the law of moses it was incorporated into the law and is now included in the new testament era of grace as god's method of financial support for his work let us look at tithe before the law abraham paid tithes to melchizedek in genesis fourteen twenty and this is the first mention of tithing in the bible then jacob promises god the tenth or tithe in genesis twenty eight twenty two which says and this stone which i have set for a pillar shall be god's house and of all that thou shalt give me i shall surely give the tenth unto thee now let us look at tithing under the law god's law given to moses stipulated all the particulars of what where and how to tithe in the tithe of the land if a part was redeemed they added a fifth to it then counting cattle oxen or sheep the tenth animal to pass under the rod was to be given to the levites this is seen in leviticus twenty seven thirty through thirty four i have been asked the question if i get behind on my tithes am i to pay one-fifth or a twenty per cent penalty let's examine more closely what the bible is saying in the correct context on the subject in every instance where a fifth was added or required there was always a matter of question present as to whether the person was fully paying the amount due the lord or trying to hold back and to be deceitful this statement includes every recorded instance where god required an additional twenty per cent to be added to the principal a man sitting in ignorance concerning holy things was to bring a ram trespass offering this type of sin offering was required of the one offering it to add one-fifth to it leviticus five fourteen through sixteen tells us when someone lied about what he found or deceived his neighbor in a matter of trust restitution had to be made and one-fifth was to be added to it leviticus six one through six covered in this passage is property and trust property in partnership stolen property property obtained through deceit and lost property if in ignorance a person ate of the holy things belonging only to the priesthood he must restore the items with one-fifth added seen in leviticus twenty two fourteen spoken in leviticus twenty seven are five interrelated matters concerning redeeming or buying back items when this was done god required one-fifth to be added to the principle such as redeeming an animal designated for sacrifice redeeming a house offered to god buying back a field offered to god redeeming a first-born unclean animal or redeeming your tithe on seed or fruit to answer the question god did not nor does he now require men to pay a twenty per cent penalty on tithes not paid on time in the instances above a question of full payment or fair payment is the object of discussion not late payments god instituted these rules under the law as a matter of fairness to the one offering and to the work of god 
The best policy is to pay your tithes as you receive income. If for some reason you are delinquent, ask God to help you. Then catch up on your tithes as soon as humanly possible. Refusing to pay tithes or never catching up when you get behind when you can is wrong and shouldn't be practiced by any Christian. However, God is a just and forgiving God and knows the motive of your heart. God chose the tribe of Levi as a special group to care for the tabernacle. They were not to have an inheritance among the people, therefore they were supported by the tithe of the Israelites. Numbers 18, 20-24 tells us, Tithes were to be paid in the place God designated, not anywhere the Israelites wanted to pay them. Tithes was to be paid to the Levites. Deuteronomy 12, 5, 6, 11, 7 through 18, all of these tell us how they had been robbing God of tithes and offerings, and a curse was upon them. God promised them a blessing if they would obey his word, as we read in Malachi 3, 8 through 10. Apparently, every three years, there was also a special tithe paid to help the unfortunate. This is also seen in Deuteronomy 14 and also in Deuteronomy 26. Now let us look at tithes under the era of grace. Scribes and Pharisees believed in paying tithing, according to Matthew 23:23. They were not hypocrites for paying tithes. They were hypocrites for leaving other essential matters undone. Abraham paid tithes in Genesis 14:20. They which are of faith are of the children of Abraham, as stated in Galatians 3:7. If we are children of Abraham, then we will do the works of Abraham. In John 8:39, Jesus gives an outstanding exposition regarding the financial support of the ministry. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul shows that God's only method of supporting the ministry is through the tithe of the people that the minister serves. For those who use the argument that Paul supported himself entirely through tent making should read 2 Corinthians 17 verses 7 through 13. Paul may or may not have taken any financial support from the Corinthian church, but he definitely received support from other churches. He instructs the Corinthian church to support the ministry and asks their forgiveness for not taking financial support for himself from them because it did not serve them well. They had not learned the needed lessons. In 2 Corinthians 12:13, Paul states, For what is it wherein ye are inferior to other churches, except to be that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. Anyone declaring that tithing was for people under the law exclusively and not for our day is either ignorant of the scripture or rebellious against the truth. Let us discuss tithing as it relates to worship. Paying tithes should not be a dreaded task, but one of worship, because 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, God loveth the cheerful giver. Paying tithes and giving offerings for Abraham, Jacob, and Israel was an act of worship, seen in Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 11. This is one of the most beautiful portions of scripture in the Bible related to bringing our tithes to the house of God. Since tithing is an act of worship, it of necessity involves spiritual people. Spiritual people will tithe regularly and biblically just as they sing, pray, and testify regularly. 
Let us look at tithing as it relates to first fruits. God always required of Israel dedication of the first fruits of everything. Exodus 22, 29, and 30. God sets the Levites apart, freeing his claim on every firstborn male of all the other tribes, shown in Exodus 23, in Numbers 3, and Deuteronomy 18. The tithes of the Israelites were first fruit to God, according to Romans 26, 1 through 11. First fruits are devoted things and belong to God exclusively. Jericho was the first city Israel conquered after entering Canaan, which was to be left untouched by the Israelites. No spoil was to be taken since this was the type of the first fruits belonging to God. Achan stole from those consecrated things, and they became a curse to him, as seen in Joshua 6. If we take anything that belongs to God and use it for ourselves, it becomes an accursed thing to us. How true this is of tithes as well. Questions concerning tithing of all sorts come to mind when discussing this subject. We will endeavor to answer the basic inquiries into tithing. Should tithe be used to support widows and orphans? You will find eight requirements a widow must meet in 1 Timothy 5, 1-16 before she is eligible for financial assistance from the church. Not only must she meet these eight requirements, but she must not have any family members living as far removed as a nephew. If she has family members, including nephews, they are to assist the widowed member of the family so the church will not be obligated. Tithes are not designated in the scriptures to be used for the support of widows or orphans. What should tithe be used for? Bible examples of what tithing was used for set the proper precedent for the church today. Tithing was paid to Melchizedek by Abraham, and the priesthood of Christ was after the order of Melchizedek. Levites, who were Old Testament priests set apart to care for the tabernacle and offer sacrifices, received tithes for their livelihood and services rendered to God and to the people of God. Paul was supported by the New Testament churches, and I am confident that this was through tithing. Paul taught that elders or ministers who labor in the word and doctrine are worthy of a double honor. Ministers are to preach the gospel and live by the gospel. The first use of tithing should be for the care of the ministers over a particular congregation. His need should be adequately met in every area of finances. He should have the oversight and control of the tithing of the local congregation. If more than enough is provided for his living, he may channel it into other areas of the work of God. An honest minister will be fair with man and with God. If he is not, this is another subject for another day. Where should I pay my tithes? According to Deuteronomy 12, God's word is clear and distinct in answering this question. A little sound reasoning and thinking will also give direction at this juncture. Tithing went to the Levites and was paid in the place where God set his name and was to be brought to the house of God and set before the altar. In 1 Corinthians 9, 1-14, Paul uses analogies and enumerates several things. Your pastor sows spiritual things and reaps carnal things, temporal or financial things. He ministers about holy things and waits at the altar. Subsequently, he lives of the things of the temple and partakes of the things brought to the house of God. 
he is like a man planting a vineyard caring for a flock and going to war he receives help to fight the battle eats the fruit of the vineyard drinks the milk of the flock and is provided meat from the flock briefly stated a man's vocation becomes his means of livelihood regardless of what it may be therefore you should pay your tithes where you attend church and to the pastor you sit under to send your tithes and offering to a radio or tv preacher is like taking food out of the mouth of the loving shepherd that watches over you how much of my money is tithes ten percent would be the answer if we're drawing our conclusions from the many scriptures cited any less is counted as dishonest always remember that if you shortchange on your tithes you are not robbing man but you are robbing god those who own businesses such as farmers contractors stores etc do not tithe on every dollar they handle but on the profit they make from their business if you make hourly wages or a salary you tithe on your earnings you don't take out your car payments your house payments retirement and insurance etc first because if you do this it is not fair pay on your increase and god will take care of you should ministers pay tithe numbers eighteen verses sixteen through thirty two and nehemiah ten thirty seven through thirty nine answers this question by the example of the levites paying tithe to the other priests ministers who receive tithe or income from any source owe a tenth to the work of god all ministers are required by the teaching of the bible to pay tithes just as any other saint what happens if i do not pay tithes in our text malachi three eight through ten the bible says that you are a robber and by becoming a robber you close the doors of heaven on your soul it is like putting money in bags with holes in them proverbs eleven twenty four through twenty five tells us the liberal soul makes fat and he that waters shall be watered himself in luke six thirty eight we are told with what measure we meet out it shall be measured back to us and matthew six nineteen says where your treasure is there will your heart be also so we become the losers if we fail to pay tithe can i place my tithes in the offering and it still be counted as tithes god makes a difference in tithes and offerings because tithes are specifically a tenth of your increase while offerings is a sacrificial gift from the remainder of our personal monies so we should keep them separate and distinct and not try to evade our responsibility put your tithes in the envelope provided with your name on it or if you pay by check indicate that it is tithes offerings are to be given according to the following scriptural principles in first corinthians sixteen one through two as god has prospered us in second corinthians eight twelve through fifteen according to what we have in second corinthians nine six through seven in the same manner as we have we would like to receive as we purpose in our heart not grudgingly not out of necessity giving cheerfully in romans twelve eight we must give with simplicity in conclusion our chief example was jesus christ 
It states in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. He was not an obligation or debt to man, but a willing offering of himself. Tithes are mandated by God, therefore they are something we owe. However, offerings are gifts of love and sacrifice given in the Spirit of Christ, not as obligation, but as an offering. I firmly believe that we can take God as our financial partner and see greater returns on our investment in the kingdom of God than we could ever achieve on the stock market or with any other venture. A. F. W. Woolworth, James J. Kraft, H. J. Hines, M. S. Hershey, M. W. Baldwin, H. P. Cornwell, John D. Rockefeller, and W. Wrigley, Jr. all kept God as their financial partners, and each of them became multi-millionaires. Remember that God will never forsake His promises to you. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 makes this affirmation, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Keep in mind when you're giving that God knows the motivation of your heart, whether sincere or insincere. He loves you and He will take great care of you. Hands that are open to give are also open to receive, and He will pour out a blessing upon us that we will not be able to contain. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.